Thank you, everybody, for listening back in to the Hitters Only podcast. Uh, real excited about today's episode. It's going to be a good time. Um, I have my mama in the house tonight in the Hitters Only studio. Very excited to have Miss Becky Haynes in here. Goes by Miss Becky. She's uh, world famous, and um, I'm sure a lot of you good people that are listening probably know her. Of course, she's special to me, and uh, I'm sure she's special to you. She's done a lot of good things in this world and uh, touched a lot of people's lives and uh, done, a, done a lot of that with, uh, with my dad at her side and uh, just real appreciative of, of her and um, her coming in here this evening and helping me out by uh, doing an awesome podcast with her. So um, she's, a, she's a very talented woman in a lot of different areas. Um, I'm biased, but I think she has one of the most beautiful voices that I've ever heard. Um, she can she can sing the roof off of a church building. Um, she uh, is a very social person. She's uh, a very strong person. And uh, she knows how to talk to people. She knows how to uh, relate. She's very understanding. And um, she doesn't think she's better than anybody. She doesn't act like she's better than anybody. She walks with the Lord. And um, she's just a family woman. And uh, so I was uh, proud to have her in here and um, shared a little bit of her life story and kind of where she started and a rough outline of uh, how she got uh, from a child to where she's at today and kind of what she's done in between. And she's uh, talked about her marriage and raising us kids, me and my brothers, and the importance of uh, family and, and uh, homeschooling her, her children and all the above. And uh, please listen to the whole episode. We we uh, had a good conversation pretty much about everything we touched on. I think there's a lot in this podcast that um, people may find out about my mom. And uh, I think there's a lot of stuff in this podcast that could potentially help somebody give somebody some information about something that they're maybe trying to do or uh, maybe something they're trying to get through. And so, yeah, so hope you guys listening, uh, enjoy listening to Miss Becky Haynes. But before I let you go, I do want to do a little ad for um, my mom and dad's business. And um, that is Next Stage for Seniors. It is a boutique moving service for seniors. They also do uh, placements. And um, my, my dad, Dan and Becky Haynes, they, look, they have 40 years of combined experience uh, with senior living care. Um, they love creating beautiful living spaces. So basically what they do is um, if you have a mother, a father, or a loved one that uh, is living on their own and they need to transition into a... Uh, assisted living facility or something like that Uh, what my parents do is they go in and they assess what you have and what you need and they take your most valuable and beautiful possessions from your home they clean those up and they set your new place up where you're going to go live uh, in a facility or uh, your new home and they set that up beautifully they make it feel like home They make that moving process and that decorating process that can be exhausting 
Um, they make that easy. They do a fantastic job at it. And they take a lot of stress off of family members. They're dealing with everything that's left at the house. So my parents get, get them moved in. They get them placed. They get them completely taken care of. And your mother, your father, your aunt, your uncle, your loved one has a beautiful um, place to walk into that's dang near perfect. Um, that's what they're good at. Um, that's, um, that's what they care about. They're passionate about it. Um, you know, they help, uh, you know, they do the furniture, the decor, the pack and unpack, the organizing, the staging, the decorating, um, everything. So, um, their signature strength is utilizing what you, what you already have and what you already own. And they take that and they put it into your new space to make that place feel like home too. And they're great at it. So um, they minimize the moving stress, guys. It can be a stressful situation, and they just make it that much better. Um, so if you want to connect with them, you can um, reach them on the phone at 615-653-7989, or you can go to their website, which I really encourage you to do. There's a lot of great information on there. It's a very good website, and that is Next Stage 4 Seniors and 4 is the number four, fourseniors.com, nextstageforseniors.com, plain and simple. If you uh, prefer to hit them up by email, just uh, email them at nextstage4seniors at gmail.com, and the four in the email is F-O-R. So, um, and you can also find them on Facebook at Next Stage for Seniors. Um, they're not hard to find. Give them a Google, whatever you want to do. That's Dan and Becky Haynes. And, guys, um, you know, if you're going to be doing something for a loved one, for a family member, you want to deal with people that you trust. And uh, these people uh, right here are some very good individuals. Um, they do things the right way. Um, for some reason, if something, if there's a hiccup, they will make it right. Um, and it's uh, it's just a plain and simple thing that uh, you want to have people do things for you that you can trust, and you can trust them. So that's Dan and Becky Haynes, and that is Next Stage for Seniors. So y'all check them out and uh, give, them, give them a look on their website or reach them by phone. And, uh, yeah, so other than that, let's get into the episode. Thanks for coming on Hitters Only Podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. So when uh, we were little, where our, was y'all's living room is uh, full of toys and, and kid junk as, as ours? Well, we had a lot of different living rooms <laughs> in your early years, so. Houses were probably cho- chopped not. up back then? Uh, well, we moved a lot, but yeah. um, no, we didn't have just tons and tons of toys. We were living on one income, and mm-hmm. you know we played outside a lot. So I'm sure we all shared a lot of toys, too. Oh, but. yeah, right. And I feel like back then, I think, I feel like the sta- there was like staple toys. Like, everybody kind of had the same thing, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it was... It just, I just feel like there's so many different toys now. There are. It's endless. There are. It's just and like everything all... has so many choices when you go to the store, you know? Yeah. yeah. 40 brands of toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But anyways, thanks for uh, coming on, like I said. And 
there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk to you about. We'll get into um, next stage for seniors and uh, your Airbnb um, experience and, and what you still got going on with it. But one of the main reasons <clears throat> I wanted to get you on here is I kind of wanted to get you to go through – I wanted to get you to go through – Kind of from the start and to where you are now, and I'll kind of I'll kind of guide you through it. But, okay. Um, so you're originally from you were born in Clarksville, right? Yeah. No, I was actually born in Murfreesboro. That's right. I knew that. <laughs> okay. Your grandfather was a you know a physician here mm-hmm. with Murfreesboro Medical Clinic, and when I was six months old, he he didn't want to be in a clinic setting. He wanted to open his own you know office his own practice so he had to move within a 50 mile radius of murfreesboro if he left the clinic so they chose clarksville so that's where i was raised but i was i actually came back full circle yeah you're fine (laughs) okay and you're one of five siblings yes i'm the youngest of five youngest of five Mm -hmm. one brother rest girls right poor he was the oldest yeah is the oldest (laughs) Okay, but I guess you could say you spent most of your childhood in Clarksville. Yes, I did. I, you know, your dad and I were high school sweethearts. We met when mm-hmm. I was a junior and he was a senior. And, um, yes, I, live, I lived in one place my entire childhood. So, so when, you were, when you were young, um, did you, I know you played sports uh, or you ran track, but was that more of a high school thing or when did uh, – that that kind of fire up i didn't do a whole lot of sports i did one year of track when i was in the ninth grade Mm -hmm. i was a cheerleader in eighth and ninth grade and in clarksville at the time the high school was sophomore through senior so the ninth grade was a separate building Mm -hmm. and when once i switched over to high school i really wanted to i enjoyed concert choir and so i kind of pulled out of sports activities I, i was always I love to dance. I danced from the time I was five years old. I took dance lessons for years. And I was in a, like a, another avenue outside of concert choir where we uh, performed popular music and we danced and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it now, but anyway, (laughs) we put on shows and stuff like that. And that's kind of what I focused on in high school instead of actual sports. Okay. Do you think, uh, going to church got you into music more than anything or was it school um or did y'all go to a church that were you in the choir as a kid or was that i was thing? in a choir since i was five years old every wednesday night we went mm-hmm. we went to choir children's mm-hmm. choirs so i think yeah it probably, i remember i had to do that too <laughs> <laughs> i think i it the love for it probably started at church and then my sister Jenny was in concert choir and she loved it and they got to go on trips and so yeah. I jumped what, in too. What what generation of music was that? So what year would that be when you were like high school age? What year did you graduate? I graduated in 1980. 80. So the okay. 70s, you know, great okay. music back then. <laughs> yeah, that was a powerful age of music. Uh, uh-huh. Rock and roll was full on the scene by then. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so you kind of lived a little bit through the Elvis era. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, didn't Aunt D go to like an insane number of his concerts or something? Um, Aunt D? I don't, you know, he Somebody came to did. MTSU. I thought she went and saw him. And like, I back think to she might have seen. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. You'll have to ask her. <laughs> I remember her telling me something like that. Like, she I might went and saw him three times in a row or oh, something. She like may that. have. Yeah. Um, she went to MTSU um, okay. for several years, so she might have been there while he was. Yeah. Having a concert there. 80s. Country was good, pretty good in the 80s. Let me think. Man, that would have been like... Uh, most of the stuff coming out of the 80s was kind of soulful. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of rock and roll bands. Uh, so that was that was a good a good time. Mm-hmm. That was a, probably good good high school years. So You were the one who actually got me <clears throat> loving country music. Really? Yeah. I didn't even listen to country music hardly ever. I just, you know, back when we were in high school, it just wasn't still real popular. Yeah. And so, but I don't know, once you started listening to it when you were younger, I just was listening to it too because you mm-hmm. were, and I, I fell in love with it then. So. I think uh, for me... um I think I mostly grew up on, like, Christian radio, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, which was real big back uh, in the 90s and early 2000s. And I think the closest thing to that, I guess, was kind of country music. Because country music kind of started to change a lot Mm -hmm. when I was a kid. You know, um, the old traditional Willie Nelsons and Johnny Cash's were kind of, that stuff was fading out. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of getting a little bit more upbeat. Sure. Like Tim McGraw and Toby Keith mm-hmm. and all these guys were coming in and their music was exciting. And mm-hmm. so I think, I think that was probably like the closest thing I was used to. And country music is still, you know, it's probably my favorite genre. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I feel like it covers the widest range of music. Uh, it can be almost like rock and roll, or it can tell a story. Mm-hmm. It can be kind of bluesy. Mm-hmm. So you kind of get everything in That's one. That's true. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't really feel like listening to, like, hip-hop every day. And I don't really listen to that much rap music or anything. So that's just kind of where, plus, I mean, let's not, let's be honest. We live 30 minutes from Nashville, so <laughs> right. that helps. Um, <laughs> but anyways, that's... Um, that's neat. Yeah, I remember when I was a kid, I remember you telling, uh, I don't know why I remember you telling somebody this, but I remember you, I don't know who you were telling, but you were like, yeah, Staley is my only kid that will actually sit down and just listen to music like in front of a radio mm-hmm. and like listen to CDs and tapes and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I've always loved it too. I can't sing as nearly as good as you, <laughs> but it's, it's a... Uh, it's a big part of my life, so. Oh, mine too. I love it. Yeah. Love music. And it's always, um, hearing you sing at church is like one of my favorite things. Oh, so thank you, Stacey. That's why, yeah. That's why I always ask you to come to our church, and it's just a special thing. Not everybody gets to, you know, see their mom. Not everybody's mom sings as, you know, that beautiful and. <laughs> so it's a it's a special thing. I think Dad likes it a lot too. Well, so. thank you. But anyway, speaking of Dad, when did you meet that hunk of a man? <laughs> well, uh, the first time I ever saw him, I was um, I think I was 
probably in the ninth grade and we were going to a float building for homecoming. Actually, my mother let me go with Jenny and Deanne. It was their float building. Mm -hmm. And we were driving up to the float building and I saw this guy in white painter pant overalls with no shirt. Oh, wow. A tan, hair down to his shoulders, buff as could be and he was gorgeous and i said to my sisters oh my gosh who is that and deanne said becky hampton that is danny haynes and he is nothing but trouble <laughs> you need to stay away from him <laughs> that's awesome I, I tucked that back in the back of my brain thought hmm <laughs> that is awesome and so when I got a little bit older and I, you know, saw him several times in high school mm -hmm. and then just really kept noticing him when I was a junior and he finally asked me out and he was so polite, had great manners and mm -hmm. I just, I, I went out with him and I never went out with anybody else after that. Really? Mm-hmm. So that was one of your first boyfriends? No, uh, no, no. I had lots of boyfriends before yeah. him. But once I started dating him, I never... Never dated Never anybody else. dated anybody else, right? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Man, white white painter overalls. No shirt. <laughs> no shirt and a tan. Wow. <laughs> that's uh that's setting the that's, he's trying to yeah. That's definitely setting the tone for the day right there if that's what you decide to walk out of the house in. <laughs> so he must have been being silly or something. Well, but. no. I mean paint, wh white painter pant overalls were the that was one of the things guys wore. Yeah. And it was evening, you know, um, and it was hot. It was like early yeah. September, you know. Yeah. Still hot outside. and That's funny. Yeah. Have you noticed a lot of, uh, I'm not trying to get off on, on another thing here, but have you noticed like the styles back then? Have you noticed any of it come back around? Oh, sure. Really? Bell bottoms, you know, yeah. bell bottom jeans came back in. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the 70s like, tie-dye and <laughs> tie-dye yeah. shirts do you feel um, like now though it's like a mix of every generation now it all does into one? seem to be like a mix you know yeah. they just whatever goes you know whatever you like you can just pick up and run with it yeah yeah huh that's kind of funny so y'all started dating in high school i know i know i've heard a bunch of funny stories about dad and his slick cars and <laughs> turning the seat sideways so you can sit in it and all that but yeah um he was a little bit older than you so just one year one year mm -hmm. okay that's not too big of a deal and um so pretty much y'all got um how old were you when you got married um well i was almost 21 the day after i graduated from nursing school we got married Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was, that was June the 8th, and I'm the 14th of June is my birthday. So I was one week away from being. Yeah, he wanted to make sure he graduated. <laughs> no, that was my rule. <clears throat> I was like, I'm not getting married mm -hmm. until I graduate. I don't want to have to deal with. That's funny. You know. That was me and Kaylin's rule. Because, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I graduated before her, and mm -hmm. I said, we're not getting married till you graduate nursing school. Mm -hmm. I said, it's just. Uh, too much it is it's too much you need to focus on that not me so yeah that's i learned that from my oldest sister susan she got married before uh -huh. one year before she graduated and she uh, said that was hard was very difficult yeah yeah okay and then so one of the 
things that I think is unique that uh, I wanted to talk to you about is you were a military wife for uh, seven years? Seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. Seven and a half years. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's a... Dad didn't necessarily have to go on any tours uh, that I know of. So we're... um, He did go to Honduras... He had to go away when Tyler was six months old. He had to go to away, go away for cold weather training up in Wisconsin and Norway. Mm. So he was gone for like five months. I mean, by the time he came home, he didn't. He was like, "Is that my son?" <laughs> yeah, but, I bet that was tough. Um, yeah, you um, having a first, you know, firstborn, and then him leaving that quick mm-hmm. that's uh that's rough stuff right there but it could have been worse i mean he yeah. got to do that because he signed on with the marines and didn't have he didn't have sea duty because he agreed to sign on with the marines so i thought he was in the navy he was in the navy but, but worked with the marines the marines don't have chaplains and okay. dan was like a chaplain's assistant he was a bodyguard for them in a time of war because they can't carry weapons yeah and he also helped with setting up services out in the fields and all that kind of stuff. So because they borrow the chaplains from the Navy, they have to borrow their chaplain's assistance. Or he's, he was actually called a religious program specialist. Oh, okay. So that was his first time of being gone for a long time. And then the second time he went to Honduras, I think I had... I might have had all three of you kids by then. <clears throat> and he was gone for not quite as long, maybe two months. Mm-hmm. So what did that look like as far as the living situation? Did you always live on base or did you all usually live off? We tried to get on base housing as fast as we could. Generally, what would happen is they would not have enough. You know, they wouldn't have a house. Yeah. So we would have to go in and into a town, rent something, and we would apply for base housing just because it saved us so much money if we could Mm -hmm. get on base and you could have so much easier access to you know everything on the base if you were living there Mm -hmm. and um, a lot of times in that er those early years we only had one car so that was very helpful (laughs) to live on base yeah so was um i could imagine you know once you once you get on base How's how's the social network with like the other moms and the other families? Was that stuff good for y'all? Did y'all meet a lot of people and like did you have a good social network uh, of other ladies and stuff like that when you were there? Or? Um, not really through uh, through the other Navy wives. It was more. I always, as soon as we would move to a new town, my first goal was to get settled in a church. <clears throat> yeah. And so that's usually where our social network came from. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I had people that lived, you know, neighbors and stuff. Sure, we would talk and our kids would play together and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But they're, you know, people are very diverse in the military. I mean, mm-hmm. they're they're from people from the north. I love people from the north, just like I love people from the south. But you know they're from all over the country and you just don't always jive as easily no i mean uh yeah i mean sometimes uh just how things go i don't know why it's so crazy that you know 
eight if you drive north for eight hours it's so much different in personalities and stuff mm-hmm. but sometimes it can be right so and yeah. northerners and <clears throat> southerners tend to be more open and friendly mm-hmm. northerners have a bit more of a they wait a while before they're gonna trust it you know trust you or open up to you or you mm-hmm. know so and that's okay you know that's that's just how they are that's fine but i was young back then not nearly as outgoing as i am now mm-hmm. now that wouldn't bother me at all but when i was younger i was a little bit more timid to yeah you know so what was the first um base or let's see north carolina um our first yes the first place that we lived was um camp lejeune north carolina camp lejeune. Mm-hmm. i see a lot of commercials about camp lejeune oh yes call we this lived. number if you uh <laughs> drank the water we did drink that water well, you should call the number <laughs> <laughs> we have called the number and we are well not not the numbers <laughs> on tv we we've registered with you know the government so that they yeah. know if we get any of these diseases <laughs> <clears throat> they'll pay for uh, it they'll pay for it yeah. right mm-hmm. <laughs> well so during during that time, is that when um, you were actively nursing, or was it, was your stint in nursing uh, pretty early on when Dad was in the Navy? Yeah, I mean, as soon as we got married, I started trying nursing. to find a job. So I worked at a hospital in a you know a post op ward um, in in Jacksonville, North Carolina. And I did that until I had Tyler, my first son. So mm-hmm. I worked for like two and a half years as a nurse full time mm-hmm. um, during that time period. How was that? I did not like nursing when I was young. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, here I was a nurse with a four year degree. They threw me out on the floor, put me immediately in charge, brand new student, you know, just out of college. And um, you know, a lot of surgeons that were, whew hard to deal with and um you know yeah. i mean I, I always enjoyed taking care of the patients but just a big learning curve and it's just stressful stressful when i was young you know yeah so many careers like that just I mean the training i just i feel like training's almost not a thing i feel like you almost just get thrown into the fire <laughs> that's what it felt like there uh, yeah. yeah i mean kaylin i think had a an initial shock like that uh-huh. for a little bit where she was like, you know, they teach you how to, they teach you how to like take care of people, but they don't really teach you like how to be a nurse on the floor. Right. Necessarily. Right. Some things you just have to learn by doing. Yeah. And thank goodness I started out on night shift. So that was slower. Yeah. And, um, I had some good nurses on the floor that kind of took me under their wing and I just mm-hmm. would, you know, go to them and ask them questions. <laughs> yeah. Even though I was in charge, I was asking them questions. Yeah. You know? Well, he hey, jumps Ralph. up here every every podcast. <laughs> I'll I'll shoot him. Off. Oh, I don't mind. <laughs> Anyways, I gotta get less animals, or they gotta start growing older quicker. <laughs> so, um, at what point did you? Um, kind of decide, you know, I don't want to be a full-time nurse. I want to be a, you know, a wife and a mom full-time. Well, I actually, when your dad and I were dating, mm-hmm. I told him that my number one goal in life is to be a wife and a mother. Mm-hmm. And that if, 
if he wanted to marry me someday, he would have to realize that when I had children, I was staying home. I was not going to be working. I was going to raise them from home. So I knew that from a, by the time I was very young that that's what I wanted to do. Mm. That was my number one passion. So he agreed to it. And so when, when I started working full-time, you know, as soon as we got married, what we ended up doing from even from that early point was we saved my paycheck. We lived off of his paycheck. We only we saved most of my paycheck with the exception of entertainment, which we didn't do tons of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, if we did some entertainment or something, we would use my paycheck. But all the bills were paid by him. So that way we knew, you know, we can do it. It, it was not easy being on one income, raising three kids. We had, a, had to make a lot of sacrifices, but I just felt like I just knew that's what God was telling me on I needed to do, and I had mm. a desire to do it. So, well, that's interesting. Most, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if I've heard of too many people uh, starting off like that when they're young, saying, you know, no, I want to be a mom, and mm-hmm. you know, I want that to be my, my whole, you know, identity, and that's my job. And mm-hmm. uh, but that's great. Worked out good for us. So <laughs> it was nice. And, uh, you know, I haven't, and it, I, th- I think both has challenges. Mm-hmm. I think, I think, um, being a stay at home mom <clears throat> is it's definitely hard. Very hard. Job. Uh, yeah. And especially, you know, uh, if, if your husband travels a lot and stuff, it's, it's probably even a little bit harder. Oh, sure. Um, mm-hmm. and, and there, and there's some, there's a lot of challenges with it, with a two, Two working household too. Oh, there is, yes. Because uh, it's um it's double duty mm-hmm. during the day and double duty in the evening. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's um both is tough, and I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with both. I think uh, I do think there's a certain amount of I think people are starting to realize that it's better if uh, the mother can be home with their kids. But you know how it is. It's mm-hmm. uh it's hard to make a lot of money. If you're just one person, it's easier mm-hmm. if you got two. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, well, that's so you started. So you went home pretty much as soon as Tyler was born, and as then soon as he was born, I stopped working. And we, that was right when Dan was going um, to cold weather training mm. up in Wisconsin. So I moved home with Mom because we were going to be transferred after that to Memphis, mm-hmm. at Millington Naval Air Station. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I, you know, I was like, well, I'll just go ahead and move on up, go back home and stay with mom until he gets done. And then we'll move our stuff. We just, our stuff went in storage and then they moved us on to Millington. All right. And then, um, so I guess how old was, I wasn't born in a military hospital though, right? I was born back in Clarksville. Garrett was. Okay. um, And then you were, we, we had just... We were still in the military, but your dad had saved up all of his leave for the last month, you know, when mm-hmm. he, so he got out, but we still had, were on 30 days of leave and we were like, okay, he's got to be born within these 30 days because <laughs> oh, wow. we were under their insurance and yeah. we only had to pay $25 for each child to be born, which, yeah. and all I was paying for was my, <clears throat> my meals in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. So um, awesome. that all worked out, and you came on March 29th, so we were good <laughs> until, like, maybe three days before our, you know, insurance ran out. So, yeah. anyway. 
Okay. Yeah. And then during this time, was dad was getting his uh, degree. Is that correct? Um, he got his degree when we were in the military. Yeah. He so. was he was working full time and going to school on the weekends. Okay. Um, so he it was tough, but you know he had he had already had maybe at least two years in when he joined the military. Um, but then he, every time he just, you know, every time we were transferred <clears throat> somewhere, he would take more classes. And mm-hmm. he, when we were in Millington, he finally just said, I'm going for it. We got, I got to finish this. Mm-hmm. So that's when he finished it up. Turned into Dan, Dan, the healthcare man. <laughs> that's right. So, uh, <laughs> I remember some of his early jobs like NHC. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that was in Nashville no, that was actually the first time we moved to Murfreesboro was when he first started working for NHC. So he worked at the NHC in Murfreesboro? Well, he worked for that company, but he actually um, ran a building for NHC in Nashville. Okay. It's the one that burned down. I remember it. I remember going up there sometimes mm-hmm. to see him. And I remember he had like an office next to a sidewalk and you could kind of like look down in his office or something like that. Mm. I have these weird, uh, weird memories, but, um, like, I remember one time, um, there was some kind of, uh, day for the residents that they had outside, and that was when the cicadas were, like, insane, (laughs) and we, he told us, like, in a week to, like, shove as many cicadas in, like, a gallon jug as we could, and then they had, like, a raffle at the senior day thing to guess how many cicadas were in the jug oh, or something. Oh, nasty, like nasty. Those things were so nasty. I remember every once in a while he'd take me, like, a, a work day. He got, like, a pie in the face one time. Oh, yes, just, uh-huh. I, I remember just different little things like that when mm-hmm. I was young. But uh-huh. <laughs> So that's, that's um, well, uh, a big part of the thing – something that I wanted to talk to you about, um, you know, deciding to not be a full-time nurse. You want to be a full-time mom. So a major part of that was homeschooling, Mm -hmm. deciding to homeschool your kids, Mm -hmm. which has done, um, a full turnaround. I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, not that homeschooling was, uh, odd or, it just was not a mainstream thing when I was a kid. Right. When we started, we were kind of like unusual. <laughs> That's the when, vibe always. When felt. we would yeah. go, like if I would take y'all out to the grocery store or shopping or something during school hours, I remember people asking me every once in a while, how come your kids aren't in school? Like you know, their right, right. Um, you know, and I had, I actually had some, several people, several people that I knew that, well, one girl that really actually quit talking to me when I started homeschooling. Wow. And people that, you know, they didn't understand it, what it, what it was about. So many people, well, your kids aren't going to have good socialization skills. Hello. <laughs> Y'all were with yeah. other kids all the time, kids in the neighborhood kids at church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, every Wednesday night. And they they had a uh, a homeschooling group in Murfreesboro at that time, too. Yeah, but, Mom, we had so many kids in our neighborhood. You did. Uh, That's where your socialization came from. I mean, uh, the 
like the most exciting part of the day was when the school bus that's right uh, <laughs> rolled up rolled up and i would be out in the driveway waiting on uh-huh. everybody to get off the school bus you uh-huh. know yeah so yeah i mean i always remember it being a little uh having a weird vibe to it and i remember a lot of other kids would ask me questions about it and i would always explain to them like look i i have to get up at seven o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and you know we have to read in the morning mm-hmm. and then and they're like you literally just stay home all day i'm like well we sit at the kitchen table and we like do book work mm-hmm. and that and you know during that time computer stuff yeah. wasn't really uh we learned it together it was just yeah. coming out that that wasn't like a huge part of our learning curriculum i don't feel no. like in your as y'all got a little older mm-hmm. You know, it became more and more um, popular. And I remember we had the dial-up internet, you know. AOL. AOL. And we just, we kind of learned how to do the computer together Mm because none of us knew how. I mean, you know. Garrett was naturally a little better at it than everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, computers back then, it almost didn't seem worth it. They were so slow. Mm-hmm. Half the time, they didn't work. Mm-hmm. But, so I, I remember having to explain to people, like, no, like, we sit at the table and do work till a certain time. And mm-hmm. uh, I remember doing a lot of, you know, if we were studying the Civil War, you would take us to the battlefields to mm-hmm. uh, do, you know, do the tours and to actually go to the places that we were learning about and um very hands-on i remember having a revolutionary war reenactment in the woods and mm-hmm. um that was fun we got, and we got blessed because our next door neighbors were homeschooling too yes that was good and my sis two of my sisters and so your cousins that lived in tennessee though not in town but you know mm-hmm. they all were homeschooled and we could get together and do fun events like that yeah and so I wanted to talk about all this because um, homeschooling has made a massive rebound. Uh, <laughs> when COVID hit, um, I really feel like it just kind of hit the fan and with the school system. And now I know tons of people that want to homeschool their kids. Mm-hmm. I don't know much about like what's going on with it now. I don't know if it's a... I assume it's mostly online now, if I I had to guess. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it is. But, um, you know, just just looking back on it, what do you think was one of the biggest benefits for our family? Well, I do think I was able to... I did a lot of reading about boys and how they learn and how they don't necessarily learn in the way that public schools teach you know Mm -hmm. sitting at a table and doing all the workbooks and I learned that you were a kinesthetic learner you learn by doing and moving Mm -hmm. which means sitting at a table for you wasn't the greatest option (laughs) which is one reason why we did a lot of hands-on things for science and social studies and history and you know we were we were out learning and doing Mm -hmm. and then um and I learned you know, being out in the community, you're still learning. You don't have to do all your learning from a book. Learning can be, you know, when you go to the grocery store, you get your kids to figure out, you know, which which prices are better. You know, I mean, there's just, in everyday life, there's lots of math. There's lots of learning that a child can do. Mm-hmm. And that was just fun. But 
as far as the benefits, I just loved, um, I felt like it brought our family closer together. Now, I mean, you know, y'all are three boys and there was lots of arguing and yeah. fighting too, yep. but I do feel like it, um, brought y'all closer together. Um, we had some great, fun, amazing experiences. We got to travel when your dad would go with NHC or some of these other big corporations to, you know, gosh, we went to Arizona. We went to um, California. California. We got to fly out there. You know, mm. when you were young. That was fun. We I remember would, that. Mm -hmm. We would have never been able to do that mm -hmm. if we had been on the school schedule. Yeah. We could go camping, you know, um, when other people couldn't. We could just, there were just so many benefits. I remember, uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but I kind of remember, like, if Rutherford County schools were closed for a snow day like we were, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm, I'm all about snow. See, I still, <laughs> got, I still got all that exciting stuff, too, you know. Uh -huh. People would be like, oh, we're out of school today for this. Are, are you in school? I'm like, nah, no. No, <laughs> when they were out, we were out. Because y'all loved being with your friends. But yeah. I think, you know, when when uh, I, I really fought going into homeschooling, I mean, God was trying to tell me I needed to do it. And I, I knew I kept running into people. Like, you know, my two sisters were. It seemed like every time I turned around, I was hearing something about it. Mm -hmm. And I... I didn't want to do it. I had three boys. I mean, you know, yeah. <laughs> they don't like to sit at a table and learn. Mm -hmm. And so I was in a Bible study fellowship at the time. And I remember I was studying about when Moses sent the spies into the promised land. And the Bible verse said, you know, just go in and check out the lay of the land. Mm -hmm. And I knew that God was saying, just go check it out. <clears throat> Quit being so rebellious. That's just go to, check it out. That's a good way to look at that. And so I started doing reading about it, researching it. And I also asked you, I said, I took your dad, dad and I went on a date mm -hmm. and I said, honey, I'm praying about something and I want to see what your thoughts are on it. Cause I knew if he said no, then I would just, that'd be it. I, I would shut it down. I'd say, yes, I don't have to homeschool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and he thought it was the most wonderful thing he'd ever heard of. I mean, he was he was so excited. He said, really? oh, yes, I hated school. Please do that. That would be great. Yep, yep, yep. I said, well, I'm still praying about it, but I just wanted to see what you thought about it before. Yeah, but it pretty dead. much seems like a done deal now. <laughs> <laughs> but over, the, over time, as I studied and researched more about it, I got so excited. I really wanted to pull Tyler and Garrett out of school that year. But I, I waited until the end of the school year, and mm -hmm. then we started the the following year tyler went through second grade and garrett through kindergarten yep mitchell nelson mm -hmm. i remember that yeah. jones boulevard yep house don't look much different no uh, it doesn't yeah so you know obviously we're not all the same age so <clears throat> what's the age gap between me and tyler probably uh, uh tw see four or five years no 21 months oh between you and tyler yeah <clears throat> tyler was um five years older than four me? four years old when you were born okay mm -hmm. so me and Garrett are a couple of years so mm -hmm. um was there any big challenges like in that like because it's that's three different curriculums that's sure uh three different lessons that's I had to do a lot of planning mm -hmm. ahead of time I tried to do that on Sunday and I just, I, I had planners for each one of y'all and I would write out, try to write out your assignments for the week. And, and, you know, like when one of y'all were doing math, 
if you if I knew you were going to need my help, mm-hmm. then that was another, you know, the other one of you could be, you know, learning how to copy out a Bible verse or, you yeah. know, whatever. I, I just tried to have, kind of had to figure it out, but I got used to it. That's got to, I mean, that had to be tough. Mom, it's hard for me to plan to make my lunch for tomorrow. <laughs> um You've got a preschooler. Preschooling preschoolers are the hardest phase of of life, in my opinion. Having a preschooler in your house is the most difficult time. You would have it's, thought King Kong was sitting in that high chair. <laughs> she, whew, Lord, she was going. It's been, you know, it's first week back uh-huh. from the Christmas break, mm-hmm. and whoo, it's been, uh, yeah. Kaylin asked me, she goes, I'm going to ask your mom if boys are like this. This is <laughs> terrible. The preschool years were definitely the hardest years. I mean, that's when you, your character as an adult gets built. Mm-hmm. You, you learn. You have to learn patience. You, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just you have to give up self. When you, the oh, first yeah. time you have a child... It's yep. not all about you anymore. Nope, nope. <laughs> it's totally a, a change for a marriage. I think it's hard for a man when a, you have a newborn because all of a sudden your wife's full attention is on this baby. And um, but as the as they get older, I think the years once they get mobile <laughs> on their feet, <laughs> yeah, until they're about three and a half, that is the most difficult time. Yeah. So. Take it's a, cur- some encouragement from that. You'll make it through, but it it's fun too. It is fun. I'm I'm a busy, I like having something to do. So Sunny always is a provider of that, <laughs> and you know I just had to do a couple of weeks with her, and uh, you know she's standing on top of your feet a lot. You know mm-hmm. with her arms up, da 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 da. You know she's mm-hmm. always wanting picked up, and mm-hmm. it is a lot, and uh, she's she's. Not that she favors Kaylin, but, you know, Mama's still a big deal sure. in the house, uh, mm-hmm. naturally. And um, I keep telling her, I'm like, just hold on. As soon as Sonny can just kind of hop in the truck and go anywhere with me and mm-hmm. act okay, kind of. <laughs> I said, I'll take her everywhere I go. She can run around with me all the time, give you a break. But, yeah, that. But yeah, I could see the, the challenges and the age difference. And, mm-hmm. um, and I know that you... Uh, you know, it got to a certain point when we when we started to get older. Tyler went freshman year, mm-hmm. Garrett went eighth grade, right? Mm-hmm, right. And I went eighth grade, mm-hmm. which I was uh, I was real thankful for that. I think that was the perfect time for me to go to school. Mm-hmm. I needed to go. Yeah. Uh, I needed to get. Uh, you needed to be around people. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not shy in telling people I had I had learning issues when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and. Uh, maybe, I mean, I call them issues. I don't like to say a disability because I have a college degree like everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. So whether it was a disability, issues, uh, delayed, whatever you want to call I it. I think it uh, was just delayed. Your I dad just, was the same way. I just caught on later. Uh-huh. Um, and once I caught on, I, I took off and I never mm-hmm. had issues with school again. Um, but, you know, some some little boys, like you said, we don't want to. The last thing, whether I was at home or in, at school, the last thing I wanted to be doing was sitting in there reading mm-hmm. or doing any of that. I wanted to be out in the creek. I wanted to be on my bike. Right. It's hard. It's hard to get a kid to learn if you just. Mm-hmm. But that was the best thing for me, getting thrown into school. I needed the. I needed to be pushed into confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I, I think I was at a point where I wasn't going to uh, get it from home anymore. Mm-hmm. Confidence in, in school. Sure. And uh, socially, you know, it helped too. Uh, mm-hmm. Being around uh, more girls than I had ever probably been around before minus church. So <laughs> that helped. And um, so that was, that was about perfect for me because, you know, I felt like I was pretty mature for an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, I was big, strong, you know. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of extra time at home to lift weights as a kid that other kids probably didn't have. <laughs> so it really worked out great. And But do you think also, like, the curriculum and the, and the stuff that you were going to have to start teaching was getting a little bit beyond what you wanted to get into or? It wasn't that, well, yeah, partially. That was partially it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just noticed that, you know, starting with Tyler, that starting around 6th, 7th grade, boys start, you know, y'all had kind of, you really just, I don't want to call you mama's boys, but, um, you know, we just all had a good relationship. But as you were moving up into adulthood, towards that sixth and seventh grade year, I just started noticing a lot of friction, especially with Tyler. Mm. And I didn't really want to ruin the relationship by having to be his boss about every single thing. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just started praying about it. And I also learned about the same time that if he would start in the ninth grade, he didn't have to test into every single subject um if he had started in the 10th grade he'd have to go back and pass every single class that he would have taken on their curriculum and on what they learned much more difficult um so Mm. i just was like you know what let's just try it it's you know if he gets in there and absolutely hates it and we all just feel like this is miserable i'll pull him out and i'll homeschool him for high school yeah. So I was just like, let's just try it. And he, he loved it. it There's about a six to eight week period of adjustment with all three of you. Mm-hmm. I noticed that because we didn't do the whole find the answers in the textbook and write it in the workbook thing. You know, we didn't do all that. Man, and that's all they do. Uh, that's all they do. <laughs> and they so, worksheet you to death. Right. I mean... So, you know, just learning how public school worked was an adjustment. But once y'all got the hang of that, you did fine and thrived. And you loved playing oh, yeah. football in eighth grade. And mm-hmm. so, anyway, I think Garrett probably had the hardest time yeah. um, in the adjustment phase. Um, but it, it all worked out good. Well, I think it was a good call. And that's, a, that's all good information, you know. Uh, Every every time that people, because uh, it comes up in conversation with a lot of people my age now that have young kids, and they they talk about like you know I'm thinking about homeschooling or uh, I'm gonna homeschool or I'm starting them, mm-hmm. and um, I always try to not let it just go by me. I try to talk to them about it mm-hmm. and tell me you know, I was homeschooled, and, mm-hmm. um, and people always have a lot of questions, and I've mm-hmm. I've answered. You know, which that time, it was a very different time than I'm sure <clears throat> the curriculum and everything is now. But uh, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a, right. a thing you do. So Right. Um, and I will say it was one of the hardest things mm-hmm. I've ever done. Yeah. Um, I can remember <laughs> it grew me up. Mm-hmm. I, was, I thought I was doing all this for you guys. <laughs> but 
it grew me up. I mean, I can remember being so impatient with y'all and just screaming at the top of my lungs mm -hmm. and going in there in my bedroom and just, you know, crying and praying, Lord, help me to have more patience. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was hard, you know, mm -hmm. and hard to have that much discipline to be organized and get our chores done and, you know, plan for the week. And mm -hmm. it was, it was hard, but yeah. there was lots of rewards too. And I, you know, I just feel like, I was able to teach y'all the morals and values that I felt like, you know, that Dan and I believed in and what God had set out in the Bible. And I just wanted to yeah. make sure y'all had a good foundation. Well, you'll definitely have that. a better grip on that, that stuff, you know. Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a big thing why people are wanting to homeschool their kids is because they're so scared of what the, um, the school systems are doing. Uh, right. Uh, or teachers are doing. I don't. I don't know if that stuff's as relevant relevant around here. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. But yeah. um, I think. I think for the most part, as long as you do what you're supposed to be doing at home, right. raising good kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're going to go out and and hear and see things that are not good either way. But, That's so true. Right. Yeah. But it's definitely a big benefit. So I think. I think that's a lot of. Uh, so when we. Tyler was, was, you know, he was in college, and then he went to Thailand, and then uh, Garrett, me and Garrett were kind of in high school for a little bit together, and then, let's see, you went back to working at the church for a little bit, mm -hmm. and... Um, I just worked as a church secretary for a while. Yeah. Not, not real long. That was when you were in your senior year, I think. So, so before we leave the homeschooling thing, I got to ask one question. I've never asked you. What was up the report cards? Were those just made up? <laughs> because I would get my report card. And it would be like A's and B's. I'd be like, huh. I don't know about that, Mom, but I appreciate it. <laughs> we had to send in a report card to our umbrella school. We had an okay. umbrella school in Memphis. Uh -huh. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I over time I became more mm. relaxed with mm -hmm not being so stressed out about, you know, staying up with public school. We learned a lot, <laughs> not necessarily what they learned. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I you know, so I did give y'all tests. Yeah, you I probably don't that. remember that. Um, no, I remember doing, like, you know, uh, you have to spell the word, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. basic test, sure. math test, math I tests, right. reading test. I remember so that some things I did have actual grades in, but, like, history, I mean, we would – put on costumes and go and act it out. Yeah, you, know you, you get saying? an A. <laughs> You're getting an A for that. You get an A. So that's kind of how I just judged it. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> good enough. Was there was there a time, though, when, you know, uh, Tyler's in college, me and Garrett are at school, and you're at, at home at 8 o'clock in the morning, empty house? Where you Was there ever a time when you just kind of looked back at that and were like, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I remember. Was it just on the, to the next thing? or You, you know, know, you moved out, you know, the day you graduated from high school. And then, and Garrett, um, he was already in college then. But when Tyler, this is the day that I remember, that it felt like we truly had an empty nest. Tyler was getting married. Mm. And he had moved back home. This was in 2010. He had moved mm -hmm. back home. And they had rented an apartment, and he had decided the night before the wedding that he was they had already moved the furniture in there. Mm -hmm. So he decided he was going to spend the night over there. And then so that late afternoon, he was walking down the hallway. You were already had moved out of, 
you know, out of the house, and Garrett was already out of the house. I think he had an apartment with some friends. And we were walking down the hallway, walking him to the door, your dad and I. And he turned around, and he looked at me, and he said, Mama, are you going to be okay? <laughs> and I said, oh, Tyler, that's so sweet. He said, I mean, none of us are going to be here anymore. And I said, I'll be okay, Tyler. It's fine. Yeah. I said, that's so sweet. So we walked on up. You know, he went out the front door. We stood there. We watched him drive off. We shut the door. <laughs> Dan and I look at each other. And we both gave each other the high five. We were going, woo-hoo! Yeah. We did it! We did it! Oh, and da- your dad said, let's go smoke $100 bills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I had already, by that time... Um, I was I was already, you know, studying to be a nurse again. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, and so I was back in. Actually, I was doing that my senior year. Your senior year, I was studying to be a nurse again because I've been out of nursing for sixteen years. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember so, you laying on the back deck a lot. Uh, uh-huh. Must have been warm. <laughs> yeah. And I remember you reading through a big book a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had to take tests and stuff and send that into the state. And then whoever was, you know, hired me after 16 years of being out was mm. responsible for training me on the job. So that was a stressful time. But um, <clears throat> Yeah. Were you were you glad that you got back into nursing and did it for a little bit? Worked in yes. Lebanon uh-huh. for a little while. and I actually loved it. I, I, a girl, a woman up there um, saw that I had been a church secretary, and that's why she called me. <laughs> and she really? was uh, in the head nurse over the physical rehab unit in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So people with strokes, spinal cord injuries, mm-hmm. um, you know, just new disabilities that they were trying to learn, you know, MS, um, Parkinson's disease, things like that. People that needed sp- physical speech or occupational therapy. And so I learned so much that two and a half years while I was there. And then I found out Trust Point was going to open and they had a physical rehab unit. Mm-hmm. And so I figured out who the guy was that was going to be the administrator, called him up. He interviewed me and I was the first person hired for Trust Point really? Hospital. Really? Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool right there. <laughs> I didn't so know that. I, I got to open up the building. Um, wow. That was fun, opening up a hospital for yeah, the first yeah. time. Um, that was, and you had a good, you had a good time there, didn't you? I, I really did. I, I remember, uh, mm-hmm. you had a unique job, uh, maybe towards the end. Yes. I worked on the floor for several years and then mm-hmm. I was, L, um, hired to be the intake coordinator, which I would go out to area hospitals and assess patients and see if they were qualified for rehab mm-hmm. and then help them and their families work with their insurance companies. And I would, I would get them in the door. Okay. And I really enjoyed that. Yeah, you kind of out and about a little bit. Yes. And uh, maybe not... Not so stressful. Yeah, maybe <laughs> not Maybe not like um, real labor-intensive, like being a floor right. nurse on a med-surge floor or something. Right. <clears throat> and a physical rehab nurse is very labor-intensive. I would, I would think so. Trying to help stroke patients, you know, transfer to and from a bed or helping them get dressed. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very labor-intensive. So. Yeah. I always have a lot of respect for nurses. I, I learned a lot about it when... Uh, you know, after me and Kaylin got married, cause she would come home wore out, and she would be like, you don't understand, like, I'm picking up grown men and helping <laughs> yeah. them out of bed. And, that's right. Uh, you know, so mm-hmm. that's a that's a very labor-intensive job, and you're probably on your feet mm-hmm. all day, mm-hmm. a lot of walking. 
and it's no longer eight hour shifts you know it's 12 hours I yeah mean, that's a long time yeah. when you're lifting people and helping people absolutely like that physically so yeah it's very tiring okay but three days a week which was the bonus you know yeah <laughs> well that moves us up to uh, a more recent endeavor. Uh-huh. I remember dad told me, I'm retiring your mom. I was like, <laughs> okay. And uh, <clears throat> so you were retired for a while and uh, got into the grandma life a little bit. And, mm-hmm. um, grandkids started rolling in, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you and dad decided, well, you invited the whole family over for dinner. And, and y'all asked us what... Um, uh, we thought about y'all opening an air an Airbnb, and in the upstairs of our house, in, in the upstairs of, of the house, uh-huh. um, which at this point it was uh, just the upstairs. It wasn't, you know, the modifications had not been done, right, or, or mm-hmm. anything like that. And uh, I remember it was kind of up and down with what we thought about it. I think it was just so new and such so such a mm-hmm. nuanced idea that uh, nobody even really knows how to react to it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when things are that nuanced, your your gut reaction, your knee-jerk reaction is maybe be a little bit more negative than what you should be. <laughs> and uh, so I remember, you know, we were kind of like, eh, I don't know, that sounds kind of weird. Or like, I don't, we don't know why y'all would do that. And then I remember I texted you after the next day or after we left, uh-huh. like, look, you know, people thought it was stupid for me to open up a lawn care business and uh-huh. said it wasn't going to work. And <laughs> they told me not to quit this job or this and that. And I said, you just have to do what you want to do uh, mm-hmm. if, if you think you can do it. So, Well, and, and you told me, I'm sure whatever you do, you'll be successful. Yeah, at it, so. yeah, whatever you do. If you, if uh-huh. you care about it, you will be. Right, right. Um, and it worked out great. You guys... Uh, did some real DIY stuff upstairs, mm-hmm. um, kind of closed it off, you know, mm-hmm. uh, made it more of a separate thing, which the original floor plan of the house was a little bit set up for that in mm-hmm. a way. It was, yes. Um, so, but y'all, y'all tricked it out. You know, y'all did a lot of cool stuff, uh, cosmetically, decorations, um, and got it going, and it went very, very well. So can you walk me through a little bit of uh, just getting that? that whole thing rolling in the house oh sure sure we had some friends over and asked them to i knew i didn't want to share spaces in the house with you know a lot these are complete strangers that are going to be renting from you and i just didn't feel like that was a safe option for me or i just didn't feel comfortable with that so um i wanted to put exterior doors between the main house downstairs and the you know upstairs so we had a guy that was our friend, a really good carpenter. He came over and showed us how we could at the top, at the front of the, you know, when you come in our front door, you go up a flight of stairs. There mm-hmm. was an open hallway there. Yeah. He showed us how we could put an exterior door there with a deadbolt lock. So we, he helped us install that. And then between our kitchen and laundry room, we put another exterior door with a deadbolt lock. And then you could, they could enter in the side porch, walk through the laundry room, go up to the bonus room, and have the entire two-bedroom, large, full-bath living area, which was the bonus room. And then we also allowed them to have access to our brand-new and beautiful outdoor space with a massive fireplace and a creek in the backyard and woods, you Mm -hmm. know, just a serene place for them to hang. And that... 
every Airbnb, in my opinion, needs to have a draw. In other words, when they're looking at all the pictures on Airbnb or on Verbo, mm -hmm. the first picture they see needs to capture their attention and get them to click on it and open it up. And our outdoor space was that draw because we had some uh, just a fabulous private space in the back of the house that could yeah. be theirs to use. Mm -hmm. So, no, that's true. When I look for uh, vacation rentals, uh, you know, you see the classic beautiful picture of off the back balcony, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, it's the view. And you click on that one. <laughs> Uh -huh. But, you know, some of these people just have, like, a picture of a bed. Right. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. And you just scroll right on by. You have to have yeah. a draw. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and then we furnished it with, you know, we got on Facebook Marketplace. We went to uh, yard sales. I found furniture on the side of the road. I chalk painted it. You know, we tried to do it as cheaply as we could, but yet at the same time, you know, make it look good. We mm -hmm. we found an amazing china cabinet for 30 bucks at a Habitat Restore. Just, you know, we just found one bargain after the other mm -hmm. and just painted and, um, you know, we set, Dan set a deadline and said, we need to be finished by the end of August. And so when he said that, we really got with it and yeah. uh, just got it all finished up. Okay. But I didn't, we didn't know anybody back then who was doing Airbnbs. We didn't have anybody to help mm -hmm. us through the website. You know, we just got on there. We just figured it out. Mm -hmm. um, but now there's uh, the market in Murfreesboro is, is almost flooded. I have mm -hmm. literally had to decrease prices because there's so many Airbnbs now. Oh, wow. Ralph. <laughs> Ralph. <laughs> Go that way, buddy. Yeah. I mean, college town. Mm -hmm. uh, you know. There's some conference areas and uh, big churches and well, there's I think a lot what, going on. What started people really the boom was when we heard about the sports complex that was going to be out on 840 and between uh, Harley Davidson and 840, which it's no longer coming to Murfreesboro. Mm, I know it. But when people heard about that, I mean, they started buying up houses for Airbnb, yeah. and that's when the boom really began. And then we yeah. heard about the concert venue. Yeah, I mean, they're building an the amphitheater, uh, and MTS or not MTSU, Murfreesboro is about to do a, a pretty big uh, overhaul with their downtown area. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot coming. They're about to like. They're talking about moving a minor league baseball team into Murfreesboro. Oh. There's uh, in set in stone plans right now for the Broad Street section right by the downtown area. Mm -hmm. That's all going to be like an entertainment district. Hmm. They're even, I mean, it's happening because they're already moving businesses out of there hmm. because they're the city's buying everything. Oh, wow. And, they're, and they're, there's going to be like walking bridges that connect both sides. Yes, I knew about that. Mm -hmm. And uh, restaurants, <clears throat> townhomes. Mm -hmm. and all, all kinds of stuff so mm -hmm. you know um i mean as y'all stayed pretty booked when when it was going you mean the upstairs yeah. oh we constantly uh the, you know now january and february are the slow months in murfreesboro but the rest of the time the number one reason why people come to our airbnb is family mm -hmm. they're coming in for mtsu events they're coming in for weddings they're coming in because their grandchildren live here and they're 
you know, kids, their house is not big enough, or maybe they just want a space to, <laughs> to come to at night and, you know, just have some space to themselves or whatever. That was a biggie. We had a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and then events going on in town, conferences, you know, things going on at World Outreach. Or, um, but now we also have, you know, the Airbnb downtown about a year into, mm-hmm. about a year into it. I was like, we started it in 2018 upstairs, our upstairs Airbnb. And I just started listening to podcasts. And I've, I've always known that a great way to invest your money is real estate. I've mm-hmm. heard that my whole life. And I thought, we have got to buy another house because we really enjoyed doing it. Mm-hmm. We met so many amazing people across America. I mean, just amazing people. Um so, I, but I really wanted to have a house, and I love older homes, always have, and uh, so I, I had to really talk your dad into it, because he is totally mm-hmm. into not being into debt. He does not like being into debt at all. I kept saying, honey, it's not, we're not going to be in debt. We're making an investment. Yeah. It's, a, it's an investment. It's not debt. We're the same way. I so like I finally either. talked him into it, and we started looking. We looked for eight months, and then COVID hit. March of 2020, and then mom, your grandmother, moved in with us mm. about two weeks after my, you know, grandmama moved in with us. I saw it online. I saw the cottage that we ended up buying mm. online in my email, and I went, oh, and I went through all the pictures, and I said, honey, I found it, but mom's living here with us. How are we going to do this? <laughs> Anyway, we went and looked at it, and this was, you know, the time in COVID when nobody was out in town. Okay. Everybody was at home. Shut down. People weren't shopping. They weren't doing anything. They were Mm. doing as minimal as they could. It was nice. There was no traffic. It was. Because I was mowing yards then, Uh and and you just get around town easy peasy. Right. So anyway, we got the cottage for a great price. We were shocked. We got. We asked. We you know put in our bid for the asking price and we were shocked at how that we actually got it mm-hmm. that it wasn't a bidding war or something you know because i couldn't go above the asking price i had a set budget yeah so anyway we got the cottage downtown and dan restored it yeah and um it's just we absolutely love it and and now we have had you know lots of people stay there especially um mtsu families coming to see their kids or events at mtsu we have a lot of soccer families that come and stay there. Soccer has really grown in Murfreesboro. Yeah. And a lot of soccer families come in and stay. You know, their kids are on travel teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we've had a harder time getting people to come during the week. But I just have learned through mistakes and doing better. <laughs> um, you know, lowering my prices attracts more business travelers. Yeah. And they'll stay all week long and you make just as much money as you would on the weekend. So mm-hmm. anyway, you learn by trial and error. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, that's great. And, and just real quick, uh, and I'll probably say something on the intro to this podcast, but if, if people were interested in, in staying at the cottage, because mm-hmm. you're not you're not running the one at the house full time anymore, right? No. Yeah, we pretty much have shut that one down okay. unless unless, you know, a guest that has stayed with us for years um, calls me, then we'll say, sure, come on. Yeah. But is uh, is there it's like a, is there a certain thing people can search for to get to y'all's cottage on there? Um, 
Or is that hard to do? It's kind of hard to do. You just have to. It's called, the name of it is Picket Fence Cottage. Yeah. It does have a white picket fence. Um, it's it right one house the, off Main Street. Yeah. But when you get on Airbnb, I do have a link. So mm-hmm. if people wanted to see it, they could ask me and I could send them a link. Okay. And you can put the link on your podcast notes. Okay. Well, I'll do that. I'll, yeah. I'll do that. Well, that's awesome. And I've been to, I've been to, I've used to mow it and uh, been in there for the Murfreesboro Parade recently, and it's a really nice place. Y'all did a good job on it. So Thanks. Y'all, 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 hospitality is one of y'all's strong points. <laughs> so y'all are very good at what you do. It's clear five-star host, right? Right, five-star super host. No, no bad reviews, and it's all, it's all good. So yeah. check out the, check out the Airbnb if anybody wants to stay there, but it's three bedrooms and one and a half baths. One and a half 1927 baths. is when it was built. Yeah. Very, very private backyard for being in, mm-hmm. in the downtown area. So mm-hmm. private parking. So it's a, it's a good spot. It's a cozy spot. Yeah. But uh, one of the things we can, we can go over is uh, one of the main things that you got going on in life right now uh, is next stage for seniors. Mm-hmm. So... What possessed dad to start another, <laughs> start another, you know, it's so funny. Dad quits working, uh, full time for a, for a company and, uh, and now he's probably working a lot. <laughs> so, but, uh, he's working for himself and that's, that's a good thing for both y'all. Um, he became very burned out of working for large corporations. Okay. Was that, did that have a lot to do with just that in general starting this? Yes. I mean, actually starting the Airbnb, he had, he had quit. You know, I, he was so stressed out in the particular job he was in. Mm. And we had, you know, we had saved up a really good emergency fund. And when we just talked about it, I said, just quit. Yeah. And let's just go on a sabbatical. Mm. And you just figure out what you really want to do, you know. Mm-hmm. So we started the Airbnb right at, you know, um, that summer um, after lots of camping trips and fishing for him, you know, just mm-hmm. to, he needed to de-stress. And he can talk more about that when you have him on. But yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, the way we got the idea, he always has said his entire life he wanted to own his own business. Yeah. And I, I'm the owner of the Airbnbs because he was doing some other, you know, interim administrator work at senior living communities and stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm the owner of the Airbnbs, but he wanted to have his own business. Um, mm-hmm. And we had moved mom into uh, assisted living. And I have, you know, like we talked about, we got a large family who's very supportive. We all helped. Um, we got her moved in, but it was still a very overwhelming process. And I'm an RN, and I know the medical world, and Dan knows the senior living community world. He's worked in that his entire life. Mm-hmm. And it was still, it was pretty overwhelming. And uh, Deanne and I said, man, people need help with this. Mm-hmm. And it was actually Deanne and I, my sister Deanne, who came up with the initial idea and the and the logo and the name. Mm-hmm. Um she just wanted to call it next stage. We didn't have the four seniors on there mm-hmm. um, of helping people, you know, move in, do a boutique moving service yeah. uh, for seniors as they move into senior living communities. It's very difficult for them to transition 
They're having to leave behind homes that they've lived in for years and years and years. And, you know, we help them downsize and all that. But, mm -hmm. And then we also decorate their entire apartment. We hang pictures. We organize their closets and their kitchen pantries. And everything is completely done when they walk in the door. It's like the big reveal, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but so that we had thought about doing that and Dan and I had talked about it even Deanne and I initially talked about it and then I don't know that kind of fizzed out and then COVID hit and we put it on the back burner mm. you know we were just like mm, this isn't the time to yeah. restart in that business no, I agree. and then he started talking about also helping seniors find se senior living communities that fit their needs and so we kind of combine those two ideas, helping seniors find senior living communities and providing them with a boutique moving service. And so, and he wanted it to have the word seniors in it. So we changed the name to Next Stage for Seniors. Yeah. And um, we started that almost two years ago. Mm -hmm. And it has taken off. Going well. We love it. Y'all are busy. You we enjoy are, it? I do. We. Mm. We hired women from our church or, yeah. you know, um, that are great at decorating and are hard workers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, most most of these women are either retired or their kids are out of the house and they're just, you know, wanting something to do a couple of days a week. Mm -hmm. And um, Dan's hired, you know, young college students from our church, too, to help him do the hefty lifting. <laughs> and... Uh, he and I go, we have a home consult is what we call it. When someone contacts us, we go out to their house and meet them, mm -hmm. go through the house with them and help them decide what pieces of furniture need to go. Yeah. And then we do a graph, I do a graph layout to scale of what can actually go, you mm -hmm. know, what pieces, and we measure all their furniture. And then we have a packing day and then we have a moving day. and get them moved in. We help, you know, this is so helpful for families because they are... They still have to deal with what's left behind at the house. After they get their parent moved in, all the stuff left behind at the house is mm -hmm. still theirs to deal with. So yeah. it's it's a lot. And they're, uh, you know, we you're basically um, unpacking and packing up someone's whole life, essentially, mm -hmm. uh, while you're trying to still live your own life. Mm -hmm. And, you know... In that time period, I'm sure it's a huge help as well. You may not be in the right mind frame to decorate your mom's new living arrangement or dad's new living arrangement mm -hmm. and make it real homey and put a lot of thought into it because you're stressed. You're, mm -hmm. You've never put them in a facility before. You maybe mm -hmm. don't want to, but you ha it's mm -hmm. necessary. Right. And, you know, you kind of need somebody who does this for a living to come in there and and make it pretty much perfect for them and it's going to make the whole transition of that whole tough situation just that much better oh absolutely because they walk in and go oh this is so nice mm -hmm. oh there's my picture of all you you know and <laughs> yeah. just that whole deal and, right but simple things like that can go a long way because you know instead of you know, I, I just imagine 
some woman, you know, calling her daughter on the first night, and and instead of going, I don't like this room, it's so bare, they're going, mm-hmm. I'm looking at my picture of all uh, the kids. And, <laughs> right. You know, and that, that's big. That's a lot bigger than what people realize. And, yes. And it takes uh, stress off of families. Sure. And lets them maybe focus on, uh, you know, the things that they need they they need to focus on as Mm -hmm. it is you know i think one of our signature strengths is that we're able to go into a house and choose the most functional but nice pieces of furniture Mm -hmm. and decor um you know we're using their things and we're transferring it over you would you just would not believe the transformation Mm -hmm. Uh, usually by the time people are moving their houses are just in bad shape yeah. They can't clean anymore. Yeah, well, they yeah. haven't been able to shop for years. And, you know, everything is so dusty, dirty, cluttered. Mm-hmm. They can't pick up after themselves. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, we are not taking clutter. We're taking the basics. We're taking their most beautiful things out of their house. Mm-hmm. And the things that are the most special to them. And putting it in, we clean every piece of furniture as it comes in the door we vacuum our way out of the apartment it is sparkling clean we wipe down every picture we hang on the wall Mm -hmm. i mean it's sparkling clean there's no clutter anywhere they walk in and usually they start crying they absolutely love it yeah it feels like home but much a much better version Mm -hmm. and really if you think about it you only live in most of the time in two to three rooms in your house oh yeah yeah we i mean before we had Sunny, we did, there was two rooms in our house that we never went in. Right. The doors stayed shut. Because mm-hmm. if we left them open, the cats would just live in there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, we don't. But yeah, so. that's that's yeah. great. Do you almost feel like um, doing something like that? It's not even, it's almost not, not even a really a job. It's more of like a. A ministry. Yeah, ministry. Oh, for that's sure. What that's what I'm looking I for. I would probably do it for free. Yeah. I mean that that's when you know you really love your job. Well, that's probably why y'all <laughs> do a good job. Yeah. It's cuz you like doing it. Yeah, we do. So. We enjoy doing it. We love, you know, we wanted to do something that helped people. Um and I, you know, our the the 1099 employees that we have, they they love doing it. Okay. Too. So, um, you know, it's just been a win-win situation. Well, that's great. I'm glad y'all are doing it. I think it's uh I think it's good for y'all. It's good for your customer um i think it's all around good deal so (laughs) y'all just plan on keeping it on going for a while then huh pretty much until we can't do it anymore yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah y'all are always acting like um you know y'all are in the fourth quarter that's what y'all been saying (laughs) we're in the fourth quarter i'm like oh please (laughs) well we are i'm 61 and dad is 62 yeah so if you go, you know, 20, Mom, I've 40, ran marathons. 60, 80. <laughs> I've ran marathons with people that are like 70. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all got a lot of good years left, and y'all y'all will do a lot, and I'm sure you'll grow if you want to. And so that's a I'll, – I'll give up a, a bunch of information about that uh, okay. before our episode. But that's awesome. I'm glad y'all are, y'all are doing that, and that's a, a big part of y'all's lives. And it seems like it's pretty much uh, – you know, it's 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 the Lord and grandbabies and next stage for seniors and Airbnb and <laughs> is pretty much what's going on. 
pretty much yeah yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> um i mean do you have any have y'all have y'all talked about any retirement goals or anything like have you thought like well we'd like to do this or maybe get a beach house or anything or i can't handle a third house <laughs> that's true i'm trying to uh decrease what i i'm trying to simplify mm-hmm. rather than mm-hmm. than add to it yeah um you know dad dad gave up the boat last year which was so sad for me mm-hmm. um but he just was tired of you know just you know how it is it's a lot of upkeep when you have a boat yeah yeah and uh, I think he was trying to simplify his life at that point. So, you know, but we, as far as retirement goes, we have discussed moving to the cottage, mm-hmm. just simplifying. I think both of us, our house is big. And so, and it's a lot of um, maintenance with all the trees and, you know, mm-hmm. uh, just, it's just a lot of maintenance, but. Mm-hmm. We're not, neither one of us, I don't think, are quite ready for that yet. Yeah. I, I have always thought if I become a widow, I will definitely immediately move to the cottage and yeah. sell the house just because. Well, right now you got a lot of young grandkids. so. Right. And they love the backyard. They love, the, they yeah. love playing yeah. in the creek. They yeah, y'all got a good, the, uh, the space in y'all's house the is good. The space is good. It's Upstairs, good. they love playing up there. And, yeah. Um, you know, so I don't think we're ready yet. Mm-hmm. But we will, pr- that's probably in the workings. Eventually we'll move over there. Okay. Let, let, uh, let other people pay down our mortgage and then we'll, <laughs> then we'll move yeah. over at the cottage, you know. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, we've gotten to a, a pretty present moment. We started from when you were a kid and all the way pretty much to now. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, um, if you, if you ever, if you think like this or have done this, so. I felt like when I turned 20, I, for some reason, I really reflected a lot, like, on my teenage years Mm -hmm. and my, my, you know, that era from 10, 10 years old, 12 years old to, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, 18, 20 years old. Sure. Um, And I reflected on that time a lot, and I... I felt like I, I learned a lot for sure, learned a lot of things not to do and uh, what to do, learned how to do a lot of things the correct way. I learned how to work hard in that time period and, and stuff like that. And and then, you know, you go through your 20s and now I'm in my 30s and now I reflect a lot on my 20s. Hmm. Um, I seem to I seem to am falling in like a 10-year pattern or something like that. Mm-hmm. So do you ever just kind of sit back and like reflect on different stages of your life and just try to take things from that. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. At our church and we go to fellowship Bible church, um, out on veterans parkway, but they have us, um, every once in a while it rotates back around, but they have our community groups. We all have to do our life story. Mm-hmm. And that was the biggest, uh, amount of time I've ever taken to really stop and mm-hmm. look back over my life and just see, you know, what's amazing to me is how God's providence just wove all those things together. Like, for example, when I went back to be a nurse after 16 years, I was in rehab nursing. 
Mm -hmm. where I t we learned everything about stroke patients and how to take care of pe people with disabilities. And two and a half years after I'd been learned all that, my mother had a stroke, a mm. spinal stroke, and she was paralyzed from the waist down. Mm. And I knew everything she needed to do. I mean, mm. you know, so you look back over that and you go, oh, my gosh. God knew exactly what was going to happen two and a half years later. And mm. he, you know, he used me going he had led me to rehab nursing so that i could help my parents you know yeah yeah so when you look when you look back and you can just see how it all wove together it's pretty amazing yeah <laughs> and you've mentioned some things in this conversation about you know a toddler would teach you how to be a woman <laughs> and uh and and then raising three boys homeschooling will teach you how to be a strong adult and right. you know you've said stuff like that so that's a I think that's a good lesson for people to take away from, from you know, this conversation, and everybody can uh, can uh, apply that to their own life because mm -hmm. everybody has different experiences, and um, sometimes it almost takes it takes a little bit to get away from uh, a time period in your oh, life yes. to to even be able to reflect. Oh on yes, it. when you're in the middle of it, you can't hardly you can't. see it. No, yeah, um, and. So, uh, not that I'm enjoying, uh, not that I'm going to enjoy turning 40 or anything, but <laughs> when it, if I get there, you know, it'll be interesting to look back on, on these years that I'm kind of in my family, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. my family era. And, but you do, you learn a lot from every, every stint, you know, and, sure. uh, I don't, um, you know, I've asked, I ask, I always ask this question to, to see what people say and you know looking back on the beginning to now you know would would you change anything to, to today's present or would you just leave it oh gosh it's a loaded question and you can make it as simple <laughs> or or as in-depth as you want um, um i don't think i would change anything i, I really don't it's hard to say that, mm -hmm. but I, I don't think we're we're meant to change anything. Mm -hmm. uh, I've asked Evan that before too, and he said I would not change a single sentence, mm -hmm. nothing, because mm -hmm. uh, I don't think it's ours to mess with. And um, but it's always something to, that you think about, because obviously you know you can always you tend to think back on things you've done wrong, mm -hmm. and you would and you like to go, oh yeah, I wish I'd have never done mm -hmm. that, but you don't, you know. If that if that one thing wouldn't have happened, you may have done something worse. This uh, is true. Outside of that, so I think the Lord is intentional with our mistakes. Sometimes, mm -hmm. I think He made us to learn from our mistakes. Yeah. I don't think He causes us to make mistakes, um, but I think uh, He was intentional of us learning from them. Sure. So, and one thing I'd like to say to married couples. There were times when your dad wanted to leave me, and there were times when I wanted to leave him, and I almost <laughs> walked out the door several times, and he the same thing. Thank, yeah. thank the Lord it never was at the same time. Mm -hmm. But um, I am so glad we stuck it out through the hard times. Every yeah. marriage goes through really mm -hmm. hard times. Mm -hmm. And if you can just hang in there, mm -hmm. <laughs> whatever you have to do to just hang in there. I remember one time going upstairs and look you know i was thinking about leaving dan and i went upstairs and i looked at you three boys asleep in the bed mm -hmm. and i just came out of there and i said i can't do it yeah. they need <laughs> a daddy you know yeah and um 
and now oh, you know we've got a great marriage and i i just mm-hmm. i'm so glad we stuck it out through the tough times so yeah i just like to leave it with saying that to a word of encouragement yeah. to people no i mean um you know that's you know the only other thing my i don't have much notes here but uh you know i just i had on here you know importance of of you walking with the lord throughout your life and the consistency of that and uh so i'm sure that's a big part of of hanging on to marriage and uh just trying to be a better person every day so uh i'm sure without that none of that would have went well oh i couldn't have made it without yeah. Without the Lord, that's for sure. He's mm-hmm. been my, I, you know, I love, I love singing and worship, but I love the Bible. I love yeah. the Word of God. You're consistent. You get up every morning, right, and read in the Bible um, in the morning. Do you know I had a, a youth pastor that started us in that habit when I was in high school, and I have never stopped. <laughs> wow, if you could track him down. He just recently passed away. Really? Yes. Ooh, but, if you could have uh, told him that you were still doing that. It was him Man. that got us started. We we had a person, you know, we had a person in our youth group that we would call every morning before school, mm-hmm. and that just got me in the habit of doing it. And I I had a period through college where I, you know, <laughs> I didn't want to pick up any book because <laughs> I had to study too much. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, after college, I just picked it right back up, and I have never, I've just always loved reading the Word in the morning. That's my favorite mm-hmm. time of day. Yeah, I remember it being a very consistent thing, and. I know I can, uh, I don't ever feel bad about texting you at like six o'clock in the morning because like I know what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting in the living room in her bathrobe reading the Bible. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't, I don't ever feel too guilty texting you early because I know what's going on. That's right. Anyways, thank you so much for doing this and um, I'm going to have dad on. I need to get, I've been meaning, I need to get another mic and, uh, if I get another mic, I have to get a new soundboard and all that. So, so if anybody wants to be a podcast sponsor, <laughs> um, but eventually I'll, I might have y'all on together, but I'll, I'll have dad on too to share his side of the story. I'm sure it's mostly the, the same, but he, he's way more funny. than Well, I am. he has a unique, uh, <laughs> he, you know, people remember different things and, and, uh-huh. and there's still a difference, even though it's sure. the same story. And uh, he has a good one. And, but anyways, thank you so much for coming on Hitters Only. Well, thanks, thank you for asking me. I've enjoyed it. All right. We'll see you all later. Welcome with this kind of love You can tell that